Good afternoon. Today we are looking at Deuteronomy chapters 11 to 16. And in going through the uh, chapters, one has to understand the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the New Testament and the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament cannot be uh, read in isolation from the Old because to understand the covenant that we have, we have to understand where it's come from. And it's come from the Old Covenant where God had cut a covenant with the people of Israel and has called them to be a peculiar people, a holy nation, one set apart. And the New Testament believer is also called set apart, but not by a lineage such as Abraham. We find our lineage in Christ Jesus, who becomes the atoning substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. And it's an unconditional covenant, whereas the people of Israel constantly would be offered a condition to their covenants, one being, if you did this, uh, you will receive this. If you didn't do it, you will have this. And it's either a blessing or a curse. And a good example of this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. He says, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, then but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. And so here you get the, the, the call it a, a choice. But the sad reality is no, no matter how much the people of Israel try to be as good behavior, their heart is the issue. That's the heart of the issue between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The heart is the heart. It's one is a regenerated heart and one is a heart which is depraved uh, and that which there is no good in and one that is cut off from God and dead in trespasses and sins. So they are merely a picture of that which Christ is going to come and fulfill to bring man and reconcile back to God. So in saying that, we will start off with uh, chapter 12. And here Moses prepares the people of Israel to live in the promised land. Now he gives them many laws about all parts of life. And he, he, the, people of, uh, the people of Canaan have, uh, have their own sort of way of worshipping their gods. They, they often sort of go to the hills under big trees. They, the hills are close to the sky so and the big trees were the sign of life and fertility you see the people of Canaan believed that their gods gave rain to the crops and animals and children and fertility came from them and therefore special stones and poles shaped in um, reproductive organs get their uh, get their ideologies from this depiction of fertility etc the people of Israel uh, are told they must not similar to these uh, people. They have their own way of worship, which is the one true God, and they must keep away from the temptations of these people. Uh, your place, uh, we of the place of worship that we worship today, we may not have Asher poles or we may not have sacrifices, but in the heart of our sacrifices, we are burning sacrifices to the pleasures and desires of our own lives, which is no different uh, 
Actually, it is seen in Jesus when he says to the people that if your eye, if you look at a woman lustfully, you commit adultery in your heart, or if you are angry with a brother enough, you are a murderer. So there is no depiction of a, we'll call it a physical idol that we may have that uh, may that may indicate to yourself, well, I'm not an idolater or a person who worships these things. But your car may be, your house may be, your job may be, the passion or your desire. Anything that you have that de- takes the place of Christ in your life has now substituted, uh, substituted that for hope and joy that is given you is an idol. Now, we look at verse 5, take for example. This is an important verse. The Lord will choose one place in the whole land, the people of Israel, do not choose that place. So God chooses the, I will call it the, uh, the instruction and the command as to what is true sacrifice and worship to him. People don't have to guess. It's very clear at the place the people must offer must be the right sacrifices as well. They can't just come there willy-nilly and say, ah, I've got some extra change here. Let me just throw it into this offering bowl because, um, you know what, uh, every little helps, you know, people here were instructed how and what to do eat rejoice enjoy means the people of Israel must have much pleasure in giving to God as much as God blesses them and gives to them other gods do not do that they want you to give and sometimes throw the village virgin down the uh, volcano to appease the wrath of the the gods Um, so what does Christians has to say about this we we don't have a special place to go to Jesus said that the real temple is in the risen body in John 2, 21. Jesus is the name above every other name. And Christians must worship Jesus everywhere and anywhere. And there is not a specific place that they go to. Church buildings are not temples. They are merely a place that people congregate to. It could be anywhere. A pub could be a uh, disco. If you... The fact of the matter is, it's the building, not the church. The church are the people. So Jesus is where God meets his people. So we must take from this that God has prescribed a way to come to him and how to come to him in the Old Testament and in the New. So there is no difference there. Christians often disagree on worship, what type of music, how they should listen to it, uh, dancing, singing, you know, etc., God told the people of Israel that he would choose a place for them to worship. And as long as Moses, uh, uh, God, uh, long after Moses had gone, God had chosen Jerusalem. And uh, the temple was built there and God chose to live in the middle of the people. Now, what does that tell us today? It says that Jesus' risen body is the true temple. And in that being the true temple, we come to him and worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus came to the temple to worship, was no longer needed. Jesus was God and uh, living on the earth amongst his people. All the Christians must worship Christ. So Christians can worship in any place. Religion does not allow that. Religion says that this has to be a holy place on earth, etc. And then you make a a great shrine out of it. See, at the place of God's choosing, the Israelites must offer sacrifices and offerings. Some sacrifices were of sin, thanksgiving, 
and they had to eat and rejoice it was a festival uh, and the sacrifices all pointed towards the folding of who is coming and that sacrifice represented which is Christ these sacrifices all pointed to Christ the true sacrifice that Christians offer today is offering their body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God this is his our, this is our spiritual worship to him so um uh, worship not uh, not just through i will say religious lip service but a heartfelt service so in in all of this god is not interested in the way we do things or where we do it it's, it's why we do it what is the motive of the heart so moses is helping the people of israel to get ready to live in the promised land he's actually conditioning their minds to say here when we go here this is the etiquette we do do not get corrupted by the people do not get over zealous and now forget the lord your god these are some of the things you must get away from some false prophets who will come with power miracles and stuff get away from them purge out the evil in fact kill the person that causes you to be led astray anyone who entices you or attracts you must be put away must be purged out so in verse 1 to 5 you can see the false prophet may be able to do miracles people can come and think that they must be uh, of god's power that is working in their lives a false prophet or prophet leads people to follow other gods now people may be confused moses says that the important thing is which is god the prophet uh, god the prophet uh, follows right so that's more uh, so basically the people must put a false prophet to death so anyone who is a false prophet pardon uh, what i meant to say is that they must be purged out taken aside and they must be uh, dealt with by death and punishment uh, verses 6 to 11 what if a family member is invited to worship other gods people often uh, put pressure on by family members uh, who they love but uh, and be pressured by them actually I was one of them who when my uh, parents were um, delving into the arts uh, I had to tag along arts is in uh, uh, sort of the black arts but the family members led the people to follow other gods and they must be put to death so here even if it's your mother or your father or your brother or your sister anyone who puts you to be able to pursue that which is not of god uh, and that which is not in keeping to god's laws are, are are to be put to death okay and the reason for this punishment of death was to stop the sin spreading so when other people heard of the punishment they were warned it was a deterrent uh, they won't want to do that if they know the other family had just been killed for doing witchcraft the people of israel must live as pure and a holy nation serious sin must be punished see christians must not put false um, uh, must not put false prophets to death in our countries because it's against the law however but we must not listen to them we must not uh, give them any time of the day we must reject their teachings and if they do miracles and they share of wonders and dreams we must not put that person uh, in any way in our churches or teach or, or be able to listen uh have their teachings in our houses it should be thrown away and if anyone in our family should listen to them we should be able to also tell them that uh this is wrong and show them in the scriptures but the fact of the matter is today 
that many are led astray purely because they don't know their Bible or read their Bible for that matter. See, if a person does a miracle, does not mean God is happy with them or with that person. It's nothing to do with that. See, a false prophet may do miracles and may have dreams. The important thing is to check if that prophet is a teacher of the word. Do they teach truth? And that's the heart of it. See, it is very difficult if someone we love wants to follow other gods. Uh, we love someone and we want to agree with them so that we live peaceably. God, people must love God with all their hearts. They must love God more than their family and their friends. If a friend or a family member tries to lead us to other gods, we must not listen to them. In fact, we should put death of them in our hearts to know that, listen, every time they speak, they speak that which is of death and judgment. Now I know that's a hard task and I know that's difficult to sort of, uh, sort of uh, put to practice. But at the end of the day, we must remember that we are pilgrims here passing through, that we can't take anything along with us. And that as the people of Israel had to keep away from this, so much more we believers of the New Testament where the Holy Spirit resides in us will be uh, going against our conscience now we look at chapter 14 we see Moses is preparing the people of Israel to live in the promised land they must uh, live in a different way from the other nations now when they say holy it means that they are belonging of God that God's uh, people do not belong to this world that's what we're trying to say previously and that unclean that animal is not dirty but that God sees that this is an animal that we must not eat so we must not look at this from a humanistic point of view. God's wisdom and guidance is very clear here as to the reasons he chooses why we don't eat of it cannot sometimes make logical sense to our understanding. But remember, he's the maker of heaven and earth. He created them. So he has his reasons and the people of Israel are holy and they are God's children and they must live as God wants them to live. This is a directive, not a choice. Some people cut themselves as ways of uh, being sad. Someone died at a time when the pagans uh, used to cook. It's, uh, they used to cook the young goat in its mother's milk as a magic thing so that uh, God's people must not do these things. So here there are a lot of um, contextualized uh, practices for the reasons that God has chosen any case, who would want to eat? Uh, isn't it not? Is it not evil or insensitive to cook a goat in its mother's milk, a young goat? I mean, if you think about it, that's just cruel, isn't it? But that's humanism. But there must be another reason why God has also chosen that that not to do. So why and how clean is a cow or a pig? And why did God choose the people of Israel? that they should not do as the other nations. We do not know, but God said some animals were clean and some were unclean. Um, now, the animals were unclean are like the other nations. People belong to God are like the ones that are, are, are clean. So don't mix with them. Don't get involved with them. Uh, don't do the practices into which they do. Some animals, uh, such as prawns, shellfish, 
birds and insects were unclean. So do we as Christians have to keep these laws? Jesus said all foods are clean. Uh, look in Mark 7, 19. Peter had a vision from God which uh, also said that all uh, sort of foods were, were clean. That's Acts pardon me, 10, verse 9 to, 11, uh, 9 to 15. Jesus mentioned that all uh, that do not have to keep all the laws. Jesus said that all foods are clean. That was in Mark 7, 19. But if you look for this reason, uh, the change is about and because of Jesus. The gospel is now for everyone, Jew and Gentile. So the people must still be different from the unbelievers. Christians must be careful not to eat food that uh, some people think makes them sin. A um, good example is go to 1 Corinthians 8 and verses 4 to, 11, 4 to 13. So God's people must be holy. Now, we'll go to uh, chapter 14. Oh, before we go there, see the people of Israel must only eat clean foods. A clean food was decided by God. It did not mean specially good or, or healthy. It meant God was happy with his people to eat that food. Some things were clean, like goats, fish, chicken. Uh, some were not like pigs, prawns, and eagles. So we do not know why he's chosen. So just uh, something for you to probably do a Bible study sometime about. Uh, so we're looking at chapter 14 now, and Moses is giving the people the laws, how to live in the promised land, the laws to show how to love God and how to love people. So the tithe means a tenth talks about revere meaning to honor allotment and inheritance to the levi's because they do not own land quite an interesting subject tides here uh, we may try to save our grain and our money try to be rich and try to have enough for bad times but uh, we do that we trust in ourselves giving a tide makes god's people have less but also learn to put god first and revere him so if this is the case that a pastor uses uh, as, a, as in a motivation for tithing, then the pastor must not have an inheritance. He shouldn't have any blessings as well. It doesn't make sense. This is a people of Israel. There are 12 tribes. The Gentile pastor has no, no uh, lineage into that 12 inheritance. So therefore, you've got to look at it from a New Testament perspective. What is... God asking us in giving what does he do so don't use this verse now try to uh, create a normative approach to a doctrine that you want to preach to the church uh, what we could take from it is that God loves a cheerful giver do everything unto him as a, a cheerfully uh, God has given his people everything they must remember that uh, when they, their crops grow that the animals uh, reproduce must remember also they have to change their uh, their fruits by money so nobody's tithing anymore to the to the levites in bulls and sacrifices to you know like uh, the the crops etc so uh, and they are to replace by money so you can't really bring this into a contextualized gentile born again believing new testament believer uh, and try to create a, a replacement of a israelite people doesn't work uh, the third year the tithe was given to the poor 
Levites, aliens, fatherless, and the widows. They were all added in that group. Well, uh, well, if you want to put them in there and put the pastor in the poor group, then that's fine. Those people do not own land. Uh, our pastors do some of that. Not just land, they own, uh, they own hotels and stuff. They have no crops or animals to give, So, but some do. They have uh, loads of incomes. So they need help from others. That's why God had looked after the, the Levites. He th- they were his people, the, his children. They, were, they received their inheritance from the source. God wants the people to have much and to give those who have little. So you can't make that sort of parallel, I will say, type of why a pastor should get tidying from this passage. Uh, Christians disagree about the tenth and uh, they produce and earn. The New Testament does not tell Christians to give one tenth uh, and everything to God. It does not. But the New Testament does not stop this law. And now the first uh, reasons for the law still stands that Christians must give thanks to God. Christians must fear God. Christians must give uh, for Christian ministry. And Christians must take care of the poor. But to say you must do this or do that, it's now going to be coming back to a point where the heart is at issue. The mere fact you're not doing and you need to be told to do, one needs to question your motives as to who's important in your life and where does your sustenance come from. So chapter 15, Moses prepares the Israelites to live in the promised land. He encourages the people to obey the laws from God. And so uh, he talks about them the laws need to be protected to protect the needy of the Israelites. The first law uh, cancels all debts. The second law is about slaves. And then uh, if an Israelite borrowed money uh, from you, then he must cancel the debt in the seventh year. Uh, the reason, now I, would, I was reading this and I was thinking, well, if a brother comes to me and he asks me for money, I must be generous to him. I, I, the question is nowadays is who's my brother? Because you've got loads of people coming to church and many of them, I would say, not many, it would be a generalized statement, uh, quite a number of them have other motives. And uh, we don't, Christians don't have a fixed year to cancel any debts if somebody doesn't pay us. Uh, but the reason behind the law still stands. We must care for the needy. And our brothers and sisters in Christ, we do care for them. But also I would say use wisdom because uh, sometimes those who call themselves brothers and sisters are sometimes not okay so we're going to go to our last chapter here remember and celebrate what God has done Moses is encouraging the people of Israel to obey the laws and uh, how to come to him during the Passover and you know about the Passover we found it in Exodus chapter 12 and then the Leviticus uh, we find in chapter 23 is about the weeks and then the tabernacle and shelters Leviticus 23 now in these verses, the Passover reminds God's people of, uh, of Him rescuing them from Egypt. And you'll see how ungrateful they were previously. They were actually saying that uh, that was the land flowing with milk and honey. They wanted to return there. Uh, the Feast of Weeks uh, was a thanksgiving for the grain harvest and the people were to rejoice in God's blessing. The poor people uh, did not own land and must be included in the festival. And there you see justice being served, that God also looks after those who don't have and are not part of any tribe as well. Okay, and then there were, um, so how does this, how do Christians, you know, make sense of all this 
um, festivals, etc. So you see, Jesus is our Passover lamb, as we find in 1 Corinthians 5. Christians celebrate Jesus, his death for us at the Lord's Supper and Communion. Weeks is a is also called Pentecost, is in, in Greek. Christians celebrate God's giving his son and uh, to write his law in our hearts. Then we've got shelters in uh, John chapter 7, uh, verse 37. Uh, Jesus gives us streams of living water, which is the Holy Spirit. And um, Ezekiel, not Ezekiel, yeah, I think it's Ezekiel chapter 36, talks about that, uh, John 3, of uh, that we will be born again and washed, uh, not just in the Spirit, but also washed in the water. Okay, um, Christians to celebrate Jesus and the gift of the Spirit. And uh, the main point here is that God's people must remember what He has done for them and celebrate. So for God's people, festivals are important to remember, to rejoice, to reflect. And uh, we need to do that more often and we need to break bread more often. I mean, churches are not doing it any longer purely because it's inconvenient for them to pass the bread around and the wine or the drink so it is a it is a quite of a quandary that we live in today in that we are here and not there in that which we are born again for eternity but we are living in here and have to still somewhat go through the uh, the questions of law and grace in our hearts because we are not totally sold out in the spirit so we are trying to fulfill the works in the flesh. So the festivals, the main ones here we're looking at is Passover, weeks, and shelters. Um, and basically I would say, let's give God thanks, uh, give Jesus thanks for his death on the cross, which he rescues us from sins. And uh, we thank God for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in all believers. Christians are to remember that we are to celebrate God, what he has done in Christ for us, and that the Lord's Supper is a main festival for us. And it shouldn't be solemn. It should be one which is alive and exciting, one that we can praise God and thank Him. So with that, let me close and just uh, say that as we go through these scriptures, you have to take it into your heart as to uh, who is God to you? Uh, it's no longer to a people or you could be hidden amongst the 12 tribes. Yeah, it's a personal a relationship, a personal uh, responsibility that you have to know who your God is. So where has He taken you and what is He showing you and where are you going? So with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face to shine on you and grant you great favor and success in all you